uncomfortable, lift your hands, sing it out. Here I stand, I surrender. morning church family how are we doing you guys good happy thanksgiving what a joy it is to be in the presence in the house of the lord so we're so glad that you're here and if it is your first time welcome we're so glad that you joined us and to those online we love that you're here with us too so father god we thank you so much for who you are lord thank you for this day we rejoice in your goodness and your faithfulness we thank you that the joy of the lord is in this place and let's sing about that joy amen the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory.
Amen. Welcome. So good to be together in the house of the Lord. We do shout out God's praise. I'm going to invite Jason up here to share some exciting things that are happening. Good morning, everyone. Well, we are excited to see you this morning, and we are excited to tell you about, or remind you about, rather, again, this Wednesday, we are beginning our Core Foundations Bible Teaching Series. It is going to be a nine-week series where we look at the person of Jesus Christ and what it means to have a more intimate relationship with Him and to fall more deeply in love with Him. We're going to be going through a nine-week series looking at Jesus as we hear Him talk about Himself in terms of the seven I M's in the Gospel of John. Harvey is going to be here teaching. Leonard's going to be here teaching. Martin's going to be here teaching. I'm going to be here teaching. We're going to have worship together. We're going to open the Word together and study the Word together. We're going to have small group interactions and fellowship where we can break down the things we heard and pray for one another and digest some of the content together. We are very excited to be doing this, and we hope all of you can join us or at least consider joining us for all of or some of our workshop series. Uh, again, it's going to be here at the church from 7 to 9, starting this Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next nine weeks. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful morning. Thank you, Jason. Uh, also, another announcement. You know, next week, we're going to start, we're going back to one service. We'll all be together. Hallelujah. And we are going to be having, it'll begin at 9.15 with a prayer meeting. It's not pre-service. I want to be part of the service. And it'll be in the sanctuary. And Golda and Prince, our precious friends, are going to lead it for us. I believe as we spend time in prayer, we're going to see God move. I believe prayer should be urgent and an emphasis in our congregation. So I hope all of you can join us. And then at 9.45, at that prayer meeting will end. And we'll have a 15-minute break. And then 10 a.m. we'll begin the regular service promptly. And it'll be the same format as this service Following the, the, the service, um, the people will pick up their children, but we're going to have after ministry, altar ministry here at the church. We'll be praying for one another. We need to pray for one another. So there's lots of room for ministry and receiving and growing. We're starting to get back into a normal rhythm. Well, happy Thanksgiving. And I want to give you a, share a thought with you on Thanksgiving. This is from C.S. Lewis on praise. And this is what he said. The most obvious fact about praise whether of God or anything, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of compliment, approval, or the giving of honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game. I think we delight to praise and what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is appointed consummation. You see, we need to give thanks. You know, when someone gives you a gift, for us to not say thank you seems incomplete. We need to. There's something within us, and God has created all these things and has given us so many things. Praise completes the pleasure. Psalm 100 says this, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord 
He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Let us worship the Lord. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you are in this place, God. We thank you that where your spirit is, there is freedom, there is joy. God, who the sun sets free is free indeed. So let's step into that freedom this morning. Amen. Let's sing.
you for this day, Lord. God, we thank you that you are in this place, that your spirit is here. Father God, we just say you are welcome to move in this place in our lives as you would like to, Jesus. We are open, you are good. We desire to see you move, Jesus, in this place. Would you pour out your spirit, Lord? Hallelujah.
Lord, we thank you for this time that we can come, that we can draw near to you, Jesus. We thank you that you are faithful to meet us right where we're at, Lord. Whatever it is that people are going through, whatever we're going through, Father God, I just pray that we would lay it before you as a sacrifice of praise, Jesus, that in it we would look to you, we would turn our eyes to you, that we would choose to say that you are good, you are faithful, we would choose to declare and proclaim that we will see a victory, we will see your promises fulfilled, Jesus. You are so good, you are so faithful. Thank you, Lord.
eternal life that we have because of you. God, we are so thankful for who you are, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. Well done. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a big thank offering. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we thank you this morning, and I just offer myself this morning to you, uh, Lord, to speak through me and bring a word of encouragement uh, to our congregation. We thank you for the freedom we have to worship. We thank you that we can assemble in this place, and we just pray, Lord, be glorified. And even above what I could do, I ask that you will move and touch and speak to the hearts of the people by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. So good to be together. You know, it's been such a long difficult season. Thank the Lord that we're finally starting to get back into a more normal rhythm. But you know, the Lord has been working through the season. One thing, you cannot stop the Lord. Can't stop His Spirit. God is continually moving. Well, this morning, I want to, um, it's kind of a vision building message this morning. Uh, vision building. Uh, it's going to be about uh, prophecy in the church and really about the, how do we operate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, how can we grow. The vision statement of our church is this, a Christ-centered community growing together in faith, hope, and love. That's it. First thing is we want to be Christ-centered. It's all about Jesus. Our messages should be all about Jesus. And um, so it is to know Christ. We want to preach salvation. We want people every week to hear how they can receive Jesus. It's such a simple message, but it's the most important message on the planet. And I never get tired of sharing about Jesus because he is so wonderful. He's changed my life. And secondly, how we can grow in him. And so being Christ-centered, our worship should be so important. That's why during worship, uh, I ask people, let's just focus on Jesus. Let, we can visit afterwards. We don't want to uh, distract from the worship. Worship is so, so important. So we want to have uh, worship time. And also, uh, our, of course, our teaching. So people can grow in their faith. And then we grow together. That's a beautiful part. You don't live the Christian life on your own. We have a family. We have each other. We have community. So we have this big corporate setting, but also... In our individual lives, we should be, have friends that encourage us. We should meet with small groups. We should connect with one another. That's why we had our, if you were out at the picnic a week ago, it's hard to believe, the whole, it seems so long ago in some ways, but that's the way we connect with people. We need that time to spend. It's important. We've already booked two dates next year for our next picnics because we want to continue it on. Yeah, and we're thinking of more ways how we can do things collectively. But small group, when you have a church that gets to a certain size, you can't get to know and fellowship with everybody. We need to be plugged into small groups. That's why we're doing our Wednesday night Bible study. Because some people don't have a small group, but they want to have fellowship and Bible study. So we're, we're thinking of ways how we can grow together in faith, hope, and love. And also, we just had a seminar on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Was that wonderful? How many people attended that seminar? Could I just see a show of hands? Yeah, so quite a few. And we want to grow in those gifts. We don't want people just to uh, come to the seminar, think it was great, and then go back. How do we cultivate these gifts? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are exciting. Like, it's where we connect with the Lord. Paul felt it was so important. 1 Corinthians 14 says, pursue love, because he talked, love is the important thing. All of this is undergirded by love. But he says, pursue, be passionate. The King James says covet. That's a strong word. 
but pursue passionately the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So it's important that we leave room for the gifts, cultivate the gifts, train people in the gifts, and you know, create a community where these gifts can grow. And by the way, the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for the spiritual elite or just the few. They're for everybody. But we have to create a proper order. See, that's why Paul says do things decently and in order. The Corinthian church went crazy with the gifts. Everybody was speaking in tongues. It was all disorderly and chaotic. And Paul says, no, you don't have, that's not how the gifts. He had to give instruction how the gifts should be used properly so that the church will be built up. The purpose of the gifts is not to point to the gifts. The purpose of the gifts is to build up the body so we can focus on Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. In fact, Revelation 19.10, John the Apostle said the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 19.10, yeah, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. All of the Bible prophecies point to Jesus, and even the gifts today should build one another up, strengthen, because we're being conformed to the image of Jesus. So through the gifts, and when you've received a word from the Lord through someone, and it's really the real thing, it is wonderful. It does those. The Bible says that prophecy is for the building up of the body. In other words, the people of God. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's the old King James. But a friend of mine put it this way, to build up, to cheer up, and to charge up. Isn't that great? And you know what's missing in that? There's no condemnation. You don't use the gifts to beat people up, to discourage, or to control or manipulate. That actually is not the gift of prophecy when that happens. So we have safeguards on the gifts. So with the gifts, which is thrilling, like we serve a living God. We're in relationship. This is not about religion. We can talk to God and God responds to us. And we can hear from God personally, of course, and we should be. I hope everyone hears and gets something out of something on Sunday morning or when you're doing your devotions. We should be hearing from God. But also, we together can build up the body of Christ together. They bring life to the church. But with the gifts comes responsibility. And that's why Paul brought instruction. And we're going to look at these instructions. And I want to be very clear how we're making room and what we're doing intentionally. Now, I can tell you one thing. I can't make God do anything. Neither do I want to. We don't manipulate God, but what we can do is we leave room and we cultivate a culture where we receive from the Lord and then we share. Now, everything we share is not like the Old Testament where it's absolutely, you know, the prophet Ezekiel, we don't have to test that whether it's from God. We know that's God. That's the written word of God. That's not what we're talking about in the, the gift of prophecy. We're talking about things that the Spirit gives to us that we share for the building up of the church and other people. And so there's limits on that. Um, and I believe it's important to put um, those things in place. So I want to be really clear in terms of where we're going with this, how we're going to cultivate these gifts, and how we encourage one another. Because remember, we know in part and prophesy in part at best. That means there's a possibility of prophesying not in part. Do you know what I mean? So these gifts are not perfect. In this. Well, the gift is... But it comes through human vessels. But God has chosen that. He's chosen his people to express his gifts in. So we want to ask a couple of questions when the gifts are um, expressed. The first thing we want to say is, is that the Lord speaking or is that just a person? The Bible says that someone prophesy and let others judge. Now I want to talk, we don't judge the person. We judge the prophecy. So we're not judging a human being. You're not, if you get it wrong, you're not condemned. 
You're not thrown out. We're saying, is this the Lord? Because we are human filters. We mean well, but we, we can often express it just not quite right. So we want to test those words. Again, we don't judge the person. And so is this from the Lord? What is God saying to us? And how can we apply it? Is there something we can do, Lord? And so those are really important. And what I want to say, and I want to make it very clear, um, we have established the, this service, the prayer meeting. And I'm not calling it pre-service prayer. It's part of the church meeting. It starts at 9.15. We have half an hour where we come together and we're going to pray. Golda and the prince are going to lead it, but we can all pray. That's the time if you feel the Lord has given you something to uh, insert it at the proper time and say, I've got something I'd like to share. I feel the Lord. And then we can see what's the Lord saying. How can we pray? And sometimes it's like we don't know. Let's pray into it more. It gives, we have the time. Half an hour is good. I would love more, but we're starting off with half an hour. Okay? Also, after the service, there will be altar call ministry. You know, often people come for prayer and people are praying for other people's needs. The Lord is ministering so powerfully to people. Okay, but between 10 o'clock, as, as the, the online service, the, the main service starts, I'm going to ask people not to prophesy. Not because we're trying to shut it down, but there's a couple of, this is part of the decently and an order part. Um, if someone gets a word and they stand up in the middle of the service, people online can't hear them, sometimes people can't hear them, it interrupts the service. It's not that what they're doing is wrong, by the way. But the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So I'm going to ask that if you feel, and I hope God's speaking to you during the service, he should be, to write it down or um, see me or Martin or one of the elders afterwards and share what the Lord's showing you. I had that this morning. Someone said to me, I was so glad that you shared this at the 9 a.m. because I had something and I'm going to share it with you. And I said, wonderful. We want to hear it. And it gives us an opportunity to test the spirit. But you see, when I'm getting ready to speak and I'm in worship, I need this time. If someone comes and asks me permission, which is a respectful thing to do, it distracts me though. So I need to be non-distracted during the worship service because I'm focusing on the Lord and I'm getting ready to prepare a message. If people come up and interrupt me, it it uh, throws me off. I really need to be focused. So I'm just kindly asking that, that I don't get interrupted. And I, uh, if you feel you get something, do not share it during the main service. But wait till afterwards so we can have a better chance to review it. And if someone gets up and they say something wrong, then it's, 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 on, it's live television. It's live streamed. It's going to embarrass them. if I, you, you have to correct it publicly if something's given publicly, especially if it's raw. We haven't really had a problem with that, but the point is, is we don't have to wait for a problem before we correct something, right? But So we want you to know we're not shutting down the prophetic. We're giving room to the prophetic in other areas. Pre-service prayer, after there's personal ministry, we trust our prayer warriors. They are sensitive to the Spirit. They'll pray for other people. And also, we're having the 6 a.m. prayer meeting back in the church. How good is that? And so it's every Wednesday, not this Wednesday. If you come this Wednesday, you, the doors will be locked. And it's early. I'd hate to see you at 6 a.m. locked out of the church. A week, October 20th, um, 6 a.m. in this sanctuary. We're going to pray together. And by the way, did I mention that the pre-service? No. I said it's not pre-service. I just corrected myself right in front of everybody. How's that? The prayer meeting at the church will be in the sanctuary. And you know what? I'd love everybody to come to the prayer meeting because I really believe it's in prayer when we seek God's face, we're going to see God move. 
It's so important. Let's not treat prayer as an afterthought or something that's optional. Prayer is so important. Now, there may be practical reasons why you can't come to the prayer meeting. There may be reasons, and that's okay. We don't judge anybody. We just invite you. This is all about grace. There's no condemnation, but we just want to see God move. And I believe that look, there's Bill, Will Graham is coming to town, and there's going to be a, an evangelism outreach. And I'm believing for a move of the Holy Spirit. And we brought in these wonderful teachers to learn about how to operate in the gifts. I want to see it cultivated. We're leaving room. And especially in your, if you have a small group and you haven't started walking in the prophetic, pray for one another. Ask the Lord to give you something. And then talk about it. It's okay to be wrong. We're just human vessels. We're not judging the person. It's how it works. When I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, I remember I was at a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, I felt something like butterflies in my stomach, and my hands got all cold and clammy, and I felt I had a word. I didn't know what to do with it, and I just had the beginning of a word, and I didn't do anything, and I talked to the, the man who led the prayer meeting. Actually, it was Tony Hayward, Martin's dad, um, and he said, oh, the next time that happens, just... Um, you know, express that word. So guess what? The next prayer meeting, it happened again. I was so excited. But guess what? I couldn't fit it in because it would have interrupted because the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And I felt like Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah says, I've received the word of the Lord and I'm, I'm bursting at the seams. If you ever get a word from the Lord, it's just, it can be so exciting. You feel like you're, you've got to, oh, you're, you're going to burst if you don't give it. The problem was there wasn't an appropriate time at that time. So I waited in that prayer meeting until it was. And it just released such a wonderful sense of the presence of the Lord. It was so amazing. So we need God's word. We serve the living God. The Bible says this, you may all prophesy. Now I want to make distinction. The Bible says are all prophets? And the answer is no. Not everybody. So a prophet is different than the gift of prophecy. But see, we all in the new covenant have a Holy Spirit, and so we want to train people, we want to encourage people in the prophetic. And by the way, we've asked Alan and Elias to come back in the spring. We haven't set a date yet. So we can continue on helping grow the church. It's something that we've got to continually cultivate. You don't just teach it once, you kind of encourage it. That's why I felt it's important to talk about how we're going to do this. You know, we need to do this. So, um, you know, uh, Nicky Gumbel gave a great illustration. I don't know if you've ever seen the Alpha series. And he talked about um, how rules seem, well, that sounds legalistic. You're, you're restrictive. But actually, it's, uh, it's uh, the decently and in order creates freedom. He gave the, this is a true story. So Nicky Gumbel's son, when he was, you know, maybe 10 years old, uh, played soccer. And the coach of the soccer team was setting up what they call a football match. They're British, right? They call it football. But a soccer match, and what they would do is they would set out uh, little um, posts and, and things randomly at a park. And so he was the coach and he would blow the whistle and he would know when to stop, when to start, where the boundaries are. But, the but he hadn't come. And Nicky Gumbel, who was the only dad there, was given the, uh, the instructions, well, the guy that's supposed to, the coach hasn't shown up. So he didn't know what to do. So he said, well, just play on. And so they didn't know if they were out of bounds. He didn't know if they were in bounds. He didn't know what the rules were. And so the kids were kicking the ball around, and kids were getting hurt. And, and someone said, he was out of bounds. He wasn't out of bounds. He goes, I don't know if it's out of bounds. Play on. He kept saying, play on. But he says that the game was a disaster. He said there was, like, kids all over injured and 
there was confusion and there was conflict. You see, you need to bring order, the decent, God to God of order. And you bring order into a service so that we have freedom within the service. So you don't need to ask when it is because you know what the boundaries are. So if someone comes and stands up and gives a prophecy in the middle of the service from now on, I'll know they didn't get the memo. They didn't get the memo. So we'll have to explain to people, keep your word, write it down, and see one of us afterwards. So um, again, it's not to shut it down. It's in a larger crowd. We're doing things decently and in order. And by the way, Vicky finishes the story that the coach got the time wrong. He came afterwards. He set up the things. He put the boys. He got everything organized. And he said they had more fun after they knew where the boundaries were than before. You see, you feel insecure if you feel you have something, but you don't know what to do with it. When you know what the boundaries are, then you have the freedom because you know you're, you're working with the program, shall we say. And that's what we want to do at church. We want to create room. So at a pre-service prayer, I did it again. It's not a pre-service prayer, it's prayer. We've done pre called a pre-service prayer for a long time, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, the prayer meeting. Yeah, so during the prayer meeting, um, when we're praying and you feel you have something, then you can go up to Prince and say, I've got something to share. We want to do it on a mic because we want everybody to hear it. We want other people. That's an appropriate time to be able to share it, except if Prince feels this is not the time because he's, Prince and Golda are running the prayer meeting for us. I'll be there, but um, this is their ministry in the church. And in your home group, if you've got a word, you share it with a home group leader, and you share it with them, and you say, can we talk about it? How can we learn? Is that the Lord, or is that me? I think that's, that's really important. Sometimes you're going to get something that absolutely feels, this is a crazy thought. I remember um, when I was learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there was this uh, person who was praying, and they said, uh, do you have anything? He said, well, I'm sure it's myself. Well, why don't you just share it? He says, I see a yellow house. Whatever. A yellow house. What does that mean? Well, it just so happened there was a person that was there praying, and they were putting an offer on a yellow house, and they were asking the Lord for confirmation. And this person saw a yellow house, didn't know about that. So sometimes what you think is a random thing might, in fact, be something that um, blesses someone else. Remember, it's to build up the body of Jesus. The other thing is, prayer is the place where we cultivate these spiritual gifts. Long before you come to the service, when you pray in the morning in your, in your devotional time, ask to hear from God. Believe that God speaks for you, and he speaks to you. And don't be afraid of what God's going to say. God wants to encourage you. And so, um, these are, this is the gift of the prophetic. This is a way it can work in a church service and work in our personal lives. You know that God, um, he delights to reveal himself. God is real, and it's so exciting to serve the Lord. Um, I've had words of knowledge, sometimes randomly, from different ones. And there was one time uh, I had this businessman. I was on the phone with him. Now, he made it clear to me that he did not want me to talk to him about Jesus because I had talked to him. I shared my faith with him. And my, personally, this is the way I feel. If people tell me and give me a boundary, I respect the boundary. I do. If people, if I've shared, the, and I, that's happened several times with people, other people want to hear more because I depend on the Holy Spirit to speak to them. If I can't get through, the Holy Spirit's not bound. I turn to prayer. Prayer works. But that doesn't mean that God's limited. 
Don't think you failed if people don't want to hear about Jesus. In fact, you might have succeeded because they really heard the message and they don't like the message. That might actually, be, in fact, be it. In a funny way, you've been successful because they've heard it and they don't necessarily want it. But that doesn't mean God's finished. I was on the phone with this businessman and all of a sudden, I had a word of knowledge for him. Now, this guy's not a Christian. He doesn't know the lingo. So I was really careful not to try and speak to him. And you know what we mean by Christianese? I didn't want to speak to him in Christianese. I would have lost the poor guy. So I just said to him this, sometimes God puts things, he didn't say I couldn't talk about God, couldn't talk about Jesus, so I did respect it. Sometimes I receive things I believe are from God. I said, I've got something. We use the term word of knowledge. All that means is we know something that we don't know naturally. And I've received something for you. Would you mind if I, I asked permission? Because he, I wanted to not violate his sense of boundaries. I did it gently. Be gentle. Gentleness is so powerful. It doesn't, you know, things can be intimidating, the language we use. It might be from God, but we can use language that can really make people feel threatened or scared. We don't want to do that. We want to draw them to Jesus. And so I just said gently, do you mind if I share it? If, if, if you don't want to, it's okay. He goes, no, I'd like to hear it. So I shared something very, very personal, and he said to me, how did you know that? Nobody on earth knows that about me. I go, wow. And I said, I just felt the Lord... Give me that to give to you. A couple of years later, my wife and I and our families were living in Israel, and I got a call from Toronto from this businessman. And he just started making small talk. How's your time in Israel? We were having a good chat. And he brings up the word of knowledge. He said, remember you had that thing called the word of knowledge? I said, yes. In fact, I want you to know God has taken that out of my memory. I don't even remember what I said to you, so you don't have to feel self-conscious. I had my second word of knowledge. You know what he said? That is God. He was so blown away. See, when you have an authentic word from God, you don't have to prove it or make it, you don't have to exaggerate it, you simply deliver it. Truth has authority on its own. You simply deliver it. You feel like the mailman. I just, is this the right address? I'm delivering the mail. I don't need to open the letter. And so when I delivered that word of knowledge to him, it blew him away. And all I said to him was this, God knows you and God loves you. God, Almighty God. And I left at that. I let, I, I let him take those things. God was trying to speak to him. And so we have to learn to be patient. So God can use you in your personal lives. Uh, words of knowledge, prophetic words, don't have to come necessarily in a prayer meeting. But I'm telling you, if you're prayed up and your spirit, your spirit senses are developed, if you know what I mean by that. I want to get all uh, spiritual language. Just, you're just so open to God. God will speak to you. God will minister through you. He, and sometimes it'll be so subtle, it's easy to miss. It's easy to miss. Pay attention to the things and simply bring it to God. You don't have to say God said. You could just share what you have, but you might be surprised. Um, uh, many years ago, we did an alpha at the church. and It was a really good. People came to the Lord. It was so exciting. We did the Holy Spirit weekend on the Saturday. And Derek and I went to the Harvey's restaurant that's across from the police station. It's not there now. Isn't that appropriate? We went to Harvey's. I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> Anyways, uh, while we're this has never happened to me before. While we're at the restaurant, uh, a street person came in, a, a, a woman, her teeth were black and she had like um, clothes that were old and she had one of those knitted caps and her, her hands were all gnarly. And uh, I just remember seeing this poor woman, it was pretty disheveled. And she sat beside us and she said, can I talk to you guys? And I was a little bit taken back, I was, I, was, I was a little unnerved. I wasn't sure what she wanted. And she said, uh, 
I didn't know she was going to ask for money, if that would be common, or, or what she wanted from us. And she says, I'm terribly afraid to die. Wow. Can you imagine? And I said, well, if you know Jesus Christ, you don't have to be afraid to die. I said, it's like this. If you had um, your finger missing, and I, I pointed to Leah's on this hand, I said, if your finger was missing and you lost that part of your finger, I said, you'd still be alive, but your finger would be gone. In the same way, when you die, you cast your body off, but if you know Jesus Christ, you're still alive. And she says, I know what you mean, and she held up her hand, and her finger was missing at that knuckle. I didn't know that. I didn't see that. I did not see that. That was a word of knowledge. Sometimes God's speaking through you in ways that you don't understand. I think the healthy approach is not to be conscious of words of knowledge, but to be conscious of God. Be so Christ-centered and so surrendered that you're not surprised that God speaks through you, but when he does, that you're not, you say, well, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. Because remember, we know in part and we prophesy in part. What we want to do is be open. We want to be gentle. We want to be humble. But we also want to be faithful. We do, in the right time, deliver the word. Sometimes you're going to get a word that you need to just keep to yourself and pray into. I've seen that with people when they go up to someone and said, God told me to marry you. Now, if this has happened to you and you're married, God bless you. I'm so happy that you're married. But sometimes in wisdom, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel appeared to her, she just pondered those things in her heart. Sometimes that's the right response. Sometimes it's the timing of the word. We had a, a, a brother with a prophetic gift here back in 2009 or 10. And uh, he said to me, and my brother-in-law remembered this. I had actually forgotten it to show you, you know. Um, he said to me, you're going to be, right? I don't know if he said to me or Mark. I can't remember. That's, that's how, but he said, and I remember him saying this after Mark reminded me that I was going to be the pastor of the church one day. And, you know, when we talk about putting it on the shelf, we don't despise it. We put it on the shelf. We wait for God to confirm it. Well, I'd put it on the shelf, close the doors, and put a lock on it. I'd forgotten about it. And then when uh, the Lord called me to be the pastor, then uh, Mark reminded me of the word. And I said, oh, yeah, he did say that. I thought it was so ridiculous. I thought, oh, he's missed it on this one. But there's a timing issue. I want to tell you something. Don't say no to God. Just let him confirm it. But it brings me great comfort. See, when ed edification, exhortation, comfort. Because I don't want to be outside God's will. I only want to do that which God wants me to do. But it's all by faith. You'll never have all of 100%. You'll always have to step out and trust God in some ways in the unknown. And that's how the prophetic, all the gifts of the Spirit work in the same way. You're going to have to trust God. I remember, I'll tell you a short little story. We're going to continue in the series. How do you receive prophetic words? How do you grow in them? How is it appropriate? What are the boundaries? And I want it to be a positive thing, not a negative thing. We don't despise prophecy at this church, but we do test it. So we can what? Grow in it. And by the way, it's okay to get it wrong. We all do. I don't know anybody who gets it 100% because we're, we're flesh and blood. We have human filters. But this is the way God's designed it. And it's also for love. If you ever get a, a condemning or a harsh word. I remember somebody read a harsh word to someone out of the scriptures and said, God said this. And he read something from the Old Testament. And someone said, those might be God's words, but that wasn't his voice. 
You know, it might have been the word of God, which is always God's word, but that wasn't the application. That's not God's heart. God wants to build us up. And so um, I remember one time uh, we have a business and somebody came in to sand. Once a year, this person came in to sand some floors and I came into the building and he was lying on his back. I thought he had a heart attack. I said, are you okay? Like, like what's going on? He goes, oh, I've got bulging discs. And the doctor says, in a couple of years, I'm going to be a cripple. And I said to him, and at that point, I thought, should I offer to pray for him? I was a little, and I said, would you like prayer? He says, don't pray for me. And I just like, I felt so embarrassed. Maybe I was inappropriate. Maybe I shouldn't have said this. And then he said to me, pray, but not in front of me. And so afterwards, I have to be honest with you. I gave the weakest prayer because I said I would. I said, oh, Lord, heal him in such a way that he knows it's you. And I completely forgot about it, completely. And the only reason I prayed it, as I said I would, but I was kind of, I was so embarrassed because I thought I was inappropriate. Next year, he comes back to do the sanding, and all of a sudden he says, and I completely forgot about the prayer. He said to me, Harvey, did you pray for me last year? And I said, I did. He said, at work, I got healed. So you never know how God will take simple. I didn't feel full of faith. I didn't have, I just simply responded. I took an opportunity. I stepped out in faith. I could have completely fallen flat on my face, but I trusted God in my weakness, in my imperfect prayer, and God healed him. And it ended up in me having a lunch with him where I was able to share the gospel, the God who healed him. I don't know if he's ever accepted the Lord, but I know one thing. God, through circumstances, uh, allowed me to see God touch him. And I didn't tell him. I didn't know that he got healed. He told me he got healed. Isn't that amazing? And I'll tell you one thing. It wasn't me that healed him. And if he gets saved, and I don't know if he is, it'll be God that saves him. God used that. Well, this has been a wonderful time in sharing. Thank you for listening to my heart and understanding where we're trying to go, how we're trying to cultivate the gifts. As always, it's all about Jesus. And if someone is online or in here who's never received Jesus, you know, you can have that same experience. You can hear from God. You can experience the Holy Spirit yourself. And it's all through Jesus. You know, Jesus doesn't save us because we're good enough. He saves us because he loves us. He died on the cross for our sins. And he rose again. And he's willing to remove all of our sins and make us brand new people because of his grace, because of what he does. But we must choose by faith. If you'd like to, if you're ready to receive Jesus. Now, don't pray this prayer unless you want to. You're ready and you believe it. If you're ready and you believe it, you want to, pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you that Jesus Christ, your son, died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask that you'll forgive all my sins and come into my heart. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. God bless you. God is good. Amen. Why don't you join us? We are going to sing of the great things that God has done. So yeah, why don't you stand and let's sing.
So church, just uh, want to bring uh, you to a call to pray. Uh, I believe we're under a spiritual attack in this congregation, but also in the church in general. And the enemy comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to bring division. He wants to shut us down. He wants to bind us up. But you know what? God wants us in unity in the spirit. And he wants us to be released in his love. And I've got a scripture I want to read, and then I'm going to pray. It's 1 Peter 5, verse 5 to 8. It says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And as I said this morning, if we're in the spirit, there's nothing to devour. But if we're in the flesh, there's lots to devour. So let's keep our eyes in the spirit. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's ask him what he wants us to do in the midst of this situation. And let's pray, church. Let's pray, not just today, but throughout this week. Let's pray for Harvey. Let's pray for this congregation. Let's pray for one another. Let's reach out. Amen. Father, I just want to come before you right now. And first of all, Lord, I take authority over the enemy. And I say, back off in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you. And Lord Jesus, I pray that all... all that are suffering, Lord, under that feeling separated and feeling isolated, Lord God. I pray for your freedom to come right now, that your Holy Spirit will just move mightily, Lord. We sang earlier about you have the victory, and Lord, you have the victory. You are interceding for us even now, and we declare you are King of kings and Lord of lords over each one of us and over, over this congregation and over this city and over this province and over this country. And Lord Jesus, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor and lord we also praise you and thank you because lord you went to the cross for each one of us lord and you bore wounds you bore stripes for our healing and so lord we pray for those that are sick lord we pray that you will just bring a healing hand upon them lord you'll touch them if they're having trouble breathing right now i pray father you'll fill their their lungs with your oxygen oh lord god I pray for every lung that is congested here right now in Jesus' name. May it be set free in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I praise you and glorify you. I pray, Father, for those that are having uh, trouble with their, 
uh, the urinary tract and Lord God I pray that your, your healing power just flow through that area in Jesus name and that you will touch Lord you will drive out the bacteria and you'll bring healing Lord God praise you Lord Jesus hallelujah we just give you thanks and glory because you are in control and Lord Jesus we give you praise this day we say hallelujah we whisper hallelujah and Lord we shout hallelujah Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just want to bless you guys as you go this week. Be, be in prayer. Okay, this is a battle. It doesn't just end today. Be in prayer. Pray for one another. Pray for Harvey. Pray for the, the leaders of our country. Oh, and pray for Will Graham and the uh, Celebrate London Outreach. This is the way Harvey and I operate. He speaks to me and I... <laughs> that's good. Um, anyway, so uh, just we want to also welcome you on, online and just say God bless you as well as, we, uh, uh, as you go through this week. And we'll be praying for you as well. Okay, God bless you.